Hello, and welcome to the UMA Financial Podcast. My name is Chad Kelly, and today I'm going to be speaking with Katrina Bourne. Katrina is an expert on the subject of Medicare. Hopefully our conversation sheds some light on the topic. Hope you enjoy. Well, hi, Katrina. Thanks for jumping on our UMA Financial Podcast. Happy to be here. Yeah, we, uh, we have an exciting topic today. Absolutely. We're going to talk about Medicare, and we're going to talk kind of high level, some of the ins and outs of things that individuals need to be aware of leading up to um, the age of Medicare, some considerations they, they should ponder, I guess, ahead of time. Correct. So jumping into it, uh, Med- Medicare is a federal health insurance program that's going to cover several health services. Correct. We're going to take a dive into what some of those coverages are, different options individuals have, and um, kind of the do's and don'ts. Perfect. But before we get going, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where you work, um, I guess your experience in the industry? Certainly. So I work at Select Health. I work in the Medicare department at Select Health. I have been at the, in the Medicare department at Select Health ever since we've had a Medicare department. Um, prior to that, I did Medicare in Las Vegas. I've worked in the industry for a little over 10 years. Okay. So. Perfect. Um, we'll start out basic. What, typically, what, what age are people eligible for Medicare? The bulk of people are eligible for Medicare at age 65. There are some people that are eligible for Medicare prior to 65. They are people have been, who have been on disability for 24 consecutive months. But for most people, eligibility is the first of the month of the month that you turn 65. Okay. So someone who's uh, sneaking up on retirement years, I guess, it, you know, do, when do you need to start worrying about it? Five years out, 10 years out, three months out? So a lot of it depends on what your situation is. If you are still working and covered under a large employer group plan, you don't need to worry about Medicare right now. If you've decided, you know what, I'm going to work until I'm 67 or 69, you don't need to worry about any part of Medicare right now. There are people that do need to take it into their radar. Those would be people that are on a small employer plan, an individual plan, or a marketplace plan those people do need to go to Medicare at 65 because if you don't go to Medicare at 65 and you don't have a large employer plan, you will end up with a couple of late enrollment penalties that are lifelong. Okay. So it's probably important to game plan a little bit. Yes. So you're not stuck with those lifelong penalties. Correct. Now, I think Medicare is intimidating for a lot of people because there's so many parts. Right. right? And there's different letters that relate to different parts. (laughs) It can be overwhelming and confusing. There's kind of four main parts, though, A, B, C, and D. Correct. Let's kind of talk through some of those, um, what people need to know or what each one covers, I guess. Certainly. So Medicare A is the hospital part. That's the one that a person earns. They earn A by working 10 years or 40 quarters throughout their lifetime. So as they've worked and they've paid FICA taxes, that's how they earn Medicare Part A. So what, what if you haven't worked for 10 years? I, you took ah, the words right out of my mouth. So right mouth. In, in my own family situation, dad worked, mom stayed home with kids, okay. mom earned Medicare A because she's married to dad and dad worked and paid FICA taxes. Yes. So I see that a lot. Okay. So A is the hospital part. That's the one that you earn by FICA tax deductions. Go. B is the doctor part. B is the one that you have a cost for. The cost of Medicare Part B is directly related to your household income. The government does a two-year look back at what your income has been for the two previous years. Um, It's a sliding scale. The baseline amount is $144.60 a month for this year. 
So oh. if you file taxes jointly and your household income is not greater than $174,000 a year, you will pay $144.60 per person per month for Medicare Part B. Okay. Okay. Medicare Part C is a Medicare Advantage plan. Sometimes people call it a replacement plan. Sometimes people call it a wraparound plan. Um, sometimes people refer to a Part C plan as putting their Medicare to sleep. They have to have A and B to begin with, but once they have A and B, they can choose to go with a Part C, i.e. a Medicare Advantage plan, okay. that then takes over the administration of their Medicare benefits. So when someone enrolls in an Advantage plan, they're in essence telling the government, I would like this company, whoever that company is that they choose, to administer my Medicare benefits. Typically, a Part C plan in this area includes drug coverage. So a person would then have A, B, C, and D, which takes us to the last letter, which is Part D, which is drug coverage. Um, Drug coverage can be obtained through a Medicare Advantage plan, so included in a Medicare Advantage plan, or it might be a freestanding plan that you'd get to go along with a Medicare supplement. Okay. So looking at the different parts, Mm -hmm. are they all required? Are some of them required? Um, as an individual, do you need to go out and buy them all? So let's let's separately? talk through that. If you are still working, and this gets frustrating for people because often when I have conversations, I say it depends, it depends, it depends. Yeah. And yeah. people get annoyed with stop saying that. But the depends part is it depends about which part of Medicare you pick up based on what your current situation is. If you're continuing to work, if you have... Um, a traditional insurance plan, it's not connected to a high deductible plan, certainly you can sign up for Part A. You've earned it, you could sign up for Part A, it would come in as a secondary to your large employer plan. Okay. But if you don't have a large employer plan, that's often known as creditable coverage, you are picking up A and B, and then from there deciding, what am I getting to go along with it? Because the core of what you need to start with is A and B. A and B only come from the federal government. There's no other place to get A and B than from the federal government. Sure. So you've earned A, you're paying for B. Once you have A and B, you're doing a one of two things. You're either buying a supplement and buying a drug plan or going with an Advantage plan. We touched on Advantage a minute ago. Yeah. So that's a Part C plan. A supplement is also known as a Medigap plan. Yeah. This is where I think a lot of confusion in people's minds arise. They hear Advantage. Medigap coverage, you know, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Is one more simple? Is right. one more complex? You know, can I carry just a single card for one plan? Do right. I have to carry multiple cards for another? So let's talk through that for a minute. If you enroll in an Advantage plan, you're in essence putting your Medicare to sleep. You're still paying for Part B, but you're putting your Medicare to sleep. Okay. So you would get a card from that company that you chose, and that's the card you'd show at the doctor, at the hospital, for your lab work, for Um, prescriptions. That's the card you would show anytime you access medical attention. Whereas if you bought a Medigap or a Medicare supplement or a MedSup, so that that type of a plan has actually three different terminologies. MedSup, Medicare supplement, Medigap. Those three words mean the same thing. It means you're buying a plan from a private insurance company There's lots of them out there, Gerber Life, Banker's Life, Universal Life. There's lots of companies that sell Medicare supplement plans. They're based on letters, A, 
through N. Yeah, this, so, is what, this is what I'm talking about. This is where it gets confusing. <laughs> so as you start having those riveting Medicare conversations yes. with your friends and they say, we bought a plan F or we bought a plan G, yeah, yeah. you'll know what they're doing is they have bought a plan that comes in second position to Medicare and they have bought that plan because they don't want to have co-pays when they go to the doctor or the hospital. Okay. So people who buy Medicare supplements are buying Medicare supplements because they want to pay for their health care ahead of time. Okay. A Medicare supplement is based on your age, so each year you get older, it gets more expensive. You have to pay for Medicare Part B to begin with, and then you're buying a supplement. Up until December 31st, Plan F used to be the most common supplement so that people bought. December 31st of 2019. 2019. Okay. January 1st of 2020, Plan Fs are no longer available. So, we, so these letters are vanishing. So, so the the most common one people go with now is a Plan G. Okay. Um, so if you bought a Plan G to go along with your Medicare, you would also need to buy a drug plan to go along with it. Okay, so Part D. Part D. Yes. So if you're going with an Advantage plan, it's an all-in-one. If you're going with a supplement, you would need to buy a supplement based on a letter, A through N, okay. and then buy a drug plan to go along with it. Okay. That's where it gets a little tricky. Sure. In this area, along the Wasatch Front, there are 25 different drug plans available ah. from all different companies with all different levels of coverage and all different levels of co-pays. So the drug part of things is a really important part of your equation. Whether you're buying a Medicare supplement and buying a drug plan or going with an Advantage plan, you want to know for the drugs that you take, how much are they going to, to cost each month? Yeah. Because it varies from one company to another. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you find that people gravitate towards one option over the other, over the other or is it kind of split down the middle? Um, it's not. There, there's a large population here in Utah that choose to do Advantage. Okay. People like the concept that with an Advantage plan, they pay as they go. Because along the Wasatch Front, there are Medicare Advantage plans available that don't have a monthly cost. Yeah. So you're paying your Part B premium to the government, um, or they're taking it out of your Social Security check, but then you're not paying a monthly cost for that Advantage plan, and you're only paying for it as you need it. Yeah. So maybe so if, you go... If, if you're healthy, <laughs> it's a grand slam, right? Right. If you, maybe you go for a few months and you access no care, then you have nothing to pay. That's an attractive option for a lot of people. Or maybe you're that person that doesn't take a lot of medications, or you maybe take one or two inexpensive generic medications. Yeah. Well, in that situation, rather than having to buy a drug plan that's going to range anywhere from 14 to $119 a month, maybe you'd rather go with an Advantage plan that has drug coverage included in it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. The other part of that that's very um, important to be mindful of is Medicare is per person. There is no family. There's no couple. It's per person. Okay. So you need to go with the plan that's the best fit for you in your situation. So it could be the case where husband and wife have different plans altogether. That's my parents. Okay. My dad a supplement. My mom an advantage plan. Dad all kinds of things going on. Mom nothing going on. So someone will say in their mind has decided, okay, I need to start the process. I need to enroll in Medicare. Where do they go? 
how do they how do they get the ball rolling? Is it a, so, is it a form? Is it a lot of it depends on what their situation is. Okay. So that once again that depends thing that yeah, yeah. drive people crazy. People love that. And, people love the open ended answer. Right. So if you are turning sixty five and you're coming onto Medicare when you turn sixty five, you have a seven month window of time. You have the month of three months before three months after you turn sixty five to enroll in Medicare. Okay. So if you're signing up the three months before. Medicare will become effective the first of the month of the month that you turn 65. Sure. So typically it's the first of the month unless your birthday is the first and then it's the first of the preceding month. Okay. Okay. So if you know you're going to Medicare at 65, you would want to start that process about three months ahead. If you are continuing to work, maybe you're going to work until you are 67 or 68. At that point in time, you would start the process about 45 to 60 days before you are ready to retire. Depending on what your employer coverage looks like determines whether you pick up Part A or not. And this gets to a sticky subject. Sure. So HSA. So um, with an HSA, um, the government says you can contribute to an HSA Um, until you go to Medicare, but the minute you go to Medicare, you can no longer make contributions into your HSA. A lot of people who have HSAs love the fact that they can skim money off the top. It ends up being tax-free money that goes into an account. So long as they use it for a qualified medical expense down the road, it's no tax dollars. So you can use those HSA dollars to pay your Medicare Part B premium. You could use it for co-pays at the doctor. You could use it for co-pays for for medications. So a lot of people, as they get closer to Medicare eligibility, they want to be able to stow away as much as they can into that HSA. Okay. So two things to keep in mind about HSA. One of them is if you say, you know what, I know there's not a cost for A because I've been paying FICA taxes my whole life, I'm going to go ahead and sign up for Part A. If you do that, you can no longer contribute to an HSA. And chances are, if you have an HSA, it's probably a high deductible plan. There's a very good chance that you're getting matching dollars from an employer. You can't get matching dollars either. So no matching dollars and you can't make contributions. So that's something to keep in mind. The other part, and this is the one that hangs up more people than anything, is so say I worked until I was 67. I've now decided I'm going to retire and go to Medicare and I sign up for Medicare Part A. I didn't do it at 65 because I was still working and I had an HSA. When you sign up for Medicare, say at 67, the government will backdate Part A six months. Why? I don't know. I don't have answers. (laughs) The government backdates six months. Sure. Um, I have people that say, why do they do that? Doesn't make any, yeah, I know, I know, but I can't give, I can't make sense out of nonsense. So um, they will backdate Part A a six months which means you need to stop those hsa contributions six months prior to going to medicare okay okay probably a pretty common mistake that people make and very much so all righty all righty as far as paying for these different plans or um, parts or whatnot i mean do, do people are they going to be stroking a check every month um quarterly annually how, how do so people let's pay talk for through these? it So if you're collecting Social Security, the government will take the cost of your Part B right out of your check each month. If you're not collecting Social Security, the government typically bills you quarterly for it until you start collecting Social Security, and then they just take it out of your check each month. If you are going with an Advantage plan that has a premium, 
when you enroll in that plan, you have the option on, I want it, the premium, um, I want you to send me a bill. I want you to draft it from my bank account. So you have options on how you're going to pay for it. Okay. Well, good. I think this this has been a good high overview of the different parts um, and basic levels of Medicare. What are some common mistakes you see? I'm sure you've seen everything. You, you've <laughs> probably talked to thousands of people and seen the good, bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. What are common mistakes that people make? So if I were approaching Medicare eligibility and I was trying to navigate Medicare, um, I think there there would be three things that I would want to make sure that I cover in my decision. The first one would be, what about my doctor? Who is the doctor that I want to see? Mm. Is this doctor someone who I can go to if I select this plan, whichever that plan is? If I needed to schedule a surgery, what is the facility that I'd want to go to? Is that going to be something that's covered if I select this plan? And what about my medications? Like I mentioned before, medications are a huge part of the equation. And often people get onto a plan and they're just autopilot and they don't think about looking at benefits each year from the middle of October to the 7th of December. And that's such a crucial thing to do because benefits change, co-pays change, where drugs volunteering are different. So I often get calls with, Katrina, this is the plan that I had last year. I switched, well often they don't tell me they switched. They say, so I went to the pharmacy to get my medication and it used to be $10 and now it's $45. And I say, really? What's the (laughs) medication? And then we look it up and I say, no, that should be $10. And then there's kind of a, a little bit of a silence. And then they oh, say, oh, I, didn't oh <laughs> I switched my plan and yeah. I went to company XYZ. Uh, okay, so company XYZ must have that drug as a higher tier because the government doesn't mandate where drugs volunteering. So it will vary your drug costs. So that is a really, really important part of the equation. Yeah. The other thing is penalties. It's really important to be cognizant of penalties. There are two penalties involved with Medicare. There are never penalties for Part A because Part A is the one that you earn. But there's a penalty for Part B, there's a penalty for Part D. If you're still gainfully employed and you have creditable coverage through a large employer group plan, you don't need to worry about those penalties. They don't apply to you. There's a form that your employer will fill out when you're ready to retire that you will take into Social Security letting them know hey, I'm not liable for penalties because I've had creditable coverage since I turned 65, and that's why I didn't go to Medicare. But if you're that person that says, no, you know, I don't really, don't really access health care. I'm just not going to go to Medicare right now. Okay, well, when you do go to Medicare, um, you will have a penalty for Part B, and it is a permanent lifelong penalty of 10% per year for each year that you don't have it. So if you decided "Mm, for four years, I'm not going to get Part B. I'm just going to do the hospital part because I never go to the doctor, so I don't need Part B. Your Part B premium will be permanently increased by 40% every month for the rest of your life. Jeez. And then the drug part of it is, so this is the other part that I hear a lot. I don't take expensive drugs. I just take cheap ones, and I don't need insurance for that, so I'm not going to get a drug plan. Okay, you choose what is best for you. Currently, you don't take expensive drugs. But be cognizant of the fact that if you don't pick up a drug plan when you come on to Medicare, that um, you will have a penalty each month that you don't have it until you finally pick it up. And then when you do pick it up, once again, you'll pay that penalty every month for the Uh, rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, that could be steep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we get a lot of people who say, you know, in retirement, I, I foresee myself spending a lot of time in maybe other states doing, visiting grandkids, traveling, mm-hmm. 
service missions, things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Th- those sorts of considerations, I'm sure, affect absolutely what your advice would be about which options they take. Or That's which exactly right. So I have a lot of people that say we have grandkids that live all over the country. We might be on the East Coast. We might be on the West Coast. So then my question is, are you seeking medical attention? Are you scheduling a surgery in Cincinnati? Well, no, but I just want to know if I have a heart attack in Cincinnati, I'm going to have coverage. That's an important part of your equation to make sure that the plan that you're looking at has got coverage there. Um, The other part of it is if you're entertaining a mission, so say you're going on a service mission and you're leaving the Wasatch Front, you'll want to enroll in a Medicare plan in the area where you're going to. If you're leaving the country, you actually cancel Medicare Part B because Medicare is no good outside of the country. So there's no sense in you paying for Part B when you're not still in the U.S. Then you have a special window of time to pick it up when you come back because you've been out of the country for a religious service. So you can re-enroll when you're back in the States. Absolutely. Well, good. You know, as as listeners can tell, there's a lot of moving parts. (laughs) And these these are conversations we, we have with our clients and we, we take a crack at it the best we can. As you can tell, uh, Katrina is very knowledgeable about this. If someone has questions, they want to get a hold of you. Absolutely. How, how would they do that? They are welcome to give me a call. I work in the Medicare department at Select Health. My office number is 801-442-9741. They are welcome to give me a call. I'm happy to talk through any questions, any strategy for what they need to do, when they need to do it, timelines, all of those things. Perfect. Thank you. The, you know, we, we find a lot of people say, you know, that the idea of retiring and dogpile down with you know, <laughs> Medicare and you know, what am I going to do with all my time? Am I going to be bored? You know, it's a stressful time for a lot of people. And so thank you for your help. I think this will help people feel more confident in their decisions, how to navigate this, this unknown area. Well, I definitely think that, I mean, the adage that knowledge is power is a very helpful one. Um, And knowing what you're coming into and that you have options, this isn't a life sentence. You make a decision based on what's best for you at this point in time, and you move forward from there. The common thread in conversations that I have with people all the time is, I had no idea it was going to be so much work and no idea it was going to be so stressful. And it doesn't need to be if we talk through it and sit down and make some sense of it. I love it. I love it. I love that approach. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay.